You're listening to the Mind Your Business Podcast, episode number 334. Today's episode is an intimate interview with one entrepreneur that took their business from 60,000 to 5 million in four years. This you gotta hear, so stay tuned. Hi, I'm James Wedmore, and with 13 years online, I've built my business to over $9 million in sales per year. And this is the first non-business business podcast that shows you how to apply the principles of spirituality, energy, and mindset to create true and lasting success all from the inside out. This is the Mind Your Business Podcast. What's up, ladies and gentlemen? James Wedmore here. Welcome to the Mind Your Business Podcast. I am so excited for today's episode. I just wrapped up the most fantabulous conversation slash interview with my good, good friend, Britt Siva. So good. I'm out here in Sedona, Arizona, as we're working on one of our new investment properties. And in between my little house improvement sessions, I'm over here in... uh, my hotel room, because I don't have electricity yet in the house that comes tomorrow, recording podcast episodes for you. And I just got off this call and it's unbelievable. It's unbelievable because I've known Britt for a really long time. As you hear in the interview, she she joined as a beta member of Business by Design back in 2016. She's one of the original 25 out of the 350 some odd that applied. I think it's 358. And there was something I saw in her, chose her, picked her as one of the 25 and it was a good choice. What she's been able to accomplish in the last four years is nothing short of extraordinary. It's not common. It's very rare. And it's been such a joy and a pleasure to to work with her. She's a member of uh, my mastermind for several years. And she's just constantly, constantly growing by leaps and bounds. And I know there's so much growth and new exciting adventures that await her But we decided to make this episode a real special, intimate conversation about what that journey was like, the ups and the downs, the internal challenges, uh, who you need to become, what you need to let go of, how to deal with competition, copycats. And it really molded into a powerful conversation of, dare I say for simplicity's sake, finding your purpose, stepping into that purpose and doing what you and you alone can do, what you were put here on this planet to do, and how that truly makes you unstoppable, how that fuels that drive to accomplish extraordinary things just like she's done. And she is the living testament of all of that. So my friends, if you are hungry for some massive growth in 2020, if you want to grow your business in bigger ways than ever before, Listen closely to this episode, especially when Britt opens her mouth. See if you can listen between the lines and get to know a little bit more about who she is, how she thinks, and how she sees business. Because as I've told you before, how you see business determines what's possible for you. So without further ado, let's play this epic interview with none other than Britt Siva. Ladies and gentlemen, I am so excited and pleased to introduce you to, uh, welcome you to my very, very 
dear good friend, Britt Siva. Britt. James, thank you so much for having me. This has been, I've been waiting for this moment for like four years. So I'm very excited to be here today. Wow. Well, it really has been four years. It was four years ago when we connected. Back then, what a journey we've both been on. Back then, you came in, I'm just going to tell them, through the beta version of Business by Design. Before it was called Business by Design, it was this like beta contest thing I did. And 358 people submitted a video telling me in three minutes or less why they deserve to be part of this program. And you were one of the 25 finalists that I selected out of 358. So you were one of the original founding members of Business by Design back in the spring or quarter one of 2016. Wow. True. That was the first business event I'd ever been to. I mean, you were my first taste of business coaching. And boy, did I like hit the jackpot when you picked me to be a part of that program because it was (laughs) life-changing. Well, your life truly has transformed in those four years. At that time, you'd done a couple of launches, a couple of launches under your belt, but I think it was three launches at about $20,000 each. So you you had a 60K year. That's pretty awesome. You know, that that alone can be life-changing. This year in 2020, you are pacing to have a $5 million a year online business. That is correct. And I told Four you that's years. a pinch me moment. Like, whoa. Yeah. It's almost like you don't realize until you stop and pause and be like, whoa, whoa, wait, holy cow. And that's four years. So incredible. And I'll say this, we haven't even told our listeners yet who Brit is and what she does. And we'll get into that in a moment. But the first thing when people describe me, what's Brit like? Who is this Brit Siva? I, first thing I say is she's the most unassuming person you'll ever meet. And I love that, right? Cause I love to be unassuming, you know, like I'll, I'll walk into some shop downtown and I look like a, like a bum. Cause I'm in like board shorts and sandals. That's not the unassuming I'm talking about with Brit. Brit is quiet. She's observant. She's a good listener. And I can spot those type of individuals a mile away. Cause I'm the same type of person. I see it. And then when that Facebook live goes on or that webinar starts, it's like move over and she just crushes it. She's lethal. She's unstoppable. She's amazing. And she teaches hair salon owners how to grow their business, get more clients. Did I say it right? Yeah. I I call myself a social media and marketing strategist for hairstylists, but that's exactly right. I show stylists and salon owners, beauty professionals, how to build and grow a scalable business. And... We had a new salon place come into uh, to my office building. There's a you know three story building with all these different shops and and stuff. We got like a smoothie place, a breakfast place, and boom, a hair place. And they handed out free. Hey, we're brand new, and here's a get your haircut free. Whatever. I'm like free haircut. Love it. Love the marketing. Gotta you know you gotta patron the the great marketers and support your great local marketer. And sure enough, I just happened to ask, Have you heard of this? this lady, Brit Siva. And she was like, are you kidding me? Brit's amazing. I follow everything she does. And I was like, yeah, I know Brit. Brit and I are friends. And from then on, I'm like the coolest person they know because I happen to know you. <laughs> it's well, amazing. I get that all the time when people are like, you've spoken to James in person. You have pictures with him. It's the same thing. It's like, oh, oh James is my real life friend. Stop it. So the fact that you get even just a taste of that Brit is cool is very humbling to me. I'm yeah. so thankful for that. Yeah, no, they, they're always asking about you and, and whatnot. So I don't know, maybe I can sell them some autographed pictures of you. Who knows? <laughs> I can make that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and you just put on your first big live event. How many people yeah. were at that? 
we had 450 people. It was members only. So the program that I run is a membership for yeah. stylists and salon owners. And we decided to have the event be members only. I really wanted to celebrate our community and give them the opportunity to be in one place, all in real time together. And I liked bringing them together with the foundation that they all understand my methodology and we speak the same language. And the energy in that room, I wish I could just bottle it up and carry around with me forever, was phenomenal. Mm -hmm. It was by far and away the most fulfilling, rewarding, full circle moment I've ever had when I was able to look at that room of 450 people and think, man, I've touched all of these lives and they've impacted mine in such a huge way. It was the best 48 hours of my life. It was unbelievable. I feel like you just hit like a pretty significant milestone in your career. And I think this interview was originally scheduled before your event. Does that sound right? It was. The universe is funny like that. Yeah, it really is. And I'm actually like, as you're sharing your event and what that experience is like for you, I'm like, I'm so happy we got to include that in this because I really think, yeah, like this chapter of four years, you know, when we first met to where you are now and then just had this last chapter culminating with this event, there's a lot to reflect on, a lot that you've accomplished in such a short amount of time. And these are my favorite type of episodes. They may not be yours, listeners, Sometimes I don't care. You know, sometimes we got to do what we want to do. All right. Sometimes it's okay to be a little selfish. These are my favorite episodes because these are just like the real candid conversations that I would have with Brit if we were just hanging out. Because I'm always about leverage. I'm like, well, if we can have a great conversation together and record it and it's content, fantastic. But I'm sure if you're listening, you probably do want to know a little bit more about what it took from Brit to go from where she was to where she is today and everything in between and where she's where she's headed. Because I just have to say, like, there's so much I want to say just to acknowledge you and really feed your ego. But, but in all seriousness, what a joy, what a pleasure, what an honor it was to work with you, to have you as a client. You know, I, I think I just go to bed at night saying, uh, please, Lord, send me more Brit Sivas because it makes the work that we do not not worth it. It makes it beyond worth it. It makes it the most fulfilling, rewarding thing. You know, it's why we do what we do, really. It's what we could all wish for is the best clients. Because I'll just never forget the first time we connected, I was, <laughs> you, you were going through the beta and you did your, you were doing one at your next launch. So you did, you did these three $20,000 launches. You hit that like invisible launch ceiling. And then you're about ready to launch again towards the end of that beta. And I think I just reached out to you on Facebook and I was like, let's just hop on a quick call because I saw something that you were doing wrong. And I was like, can I just call you real quick? We talked on the phone. I remember I was in my backyard and I was like barefoot and Chelsea's like watching me pace back and forth as I'm talking out to you. And there was something with your like offer that was just like really weird. Do you remember that? And I was like, no, 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 you got it. I have a membership. So there's an annual membership and a monthly option. Yeah. And it was the way I was positioning the monthly and the annual. You had me flip it in the way that I was explaining how they're positioned together. And in making that flip, it changed everything in my launch. And it was one simple little tweak changed everything. Yeah. And so then you did, you did about 60,000 in that one. I did. Then you did another one. Don't worry, guys, I'll, I'll pass it over to, to Britt, but I'm, this is, I'm enjoying this. I'm enjoying kind of reflecting on the past few years and, and everything. She did another one and she like doubled that. You did like 128,000 on that one. And the launches just kept getting bigger. And I'll never forget, we drove out three years. This is three years ago. This is crazy. Cause I, you know, I got my Tesla the day I got my Tesla, got in the car and drove straight to your house. 
Oh, I remember because I remember telling my husband he's got this brand new Tesla. It was so exciting. Straight from the dealership, though. I didn't even go home. Like we went straight out there and we filmed this whole thing. We're doing a road trip. We're going to go meet one of our awesome clients. And I remember we filmed that and we put that out. And by the time we put it out, it was outdated. We were sitting there saying like, yeah, she did this 120,000. It was like, no, 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 no. James, James, it's it's 300,000. And then so we get put an update in it. And then I was like, no, 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 no. That's outdated. And it was even bigger. And now they're like seven figure launches. Mm -hmm. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. So this episode is a long time coming. I'm curious where you want to start in all of this. I want to share with our listeners like what the four years have been for you. Like what have been your biggest takeaways? What are the things that you would want to share with somebody that was maybe where you are, where you were four years ago, or maybe even just a little bit before that? Where do you want to go from here? I mean, this could just be a James and Burke gush fest, but I promise we'll cut that off at some point. But like to what you said, I mean, finding you was the lifeline I was looking for. I think I've told you this at one time or another, but I wasn't a James Wedmore fan confession. I wasn't following you. I wasn't on your list. You hadn't even launched the podcast at the time you had launched the beta BBD. So I wasn't a podcast listener. I wasn't anything. But one of your Facebook ads crossed my feed. And at the time you were advertising a... um, YouTube marketing course. And I watched your free webinar and I was like, Oh, this, this is cool. So I got on your list to watch that free webinar. And it was the day after I signed up for that webinar, you sent out the email invite looking for beta members. Wow. And that to me was like my first gift from the universe of like, Oh my gosh, like this is the lifeline I've been waiting for. And I filmed that audition video. We had to do a two minute video explaining (laughs) why we were a great candidate for BBD. I filmed the thing probably a dozen times trying to get it right. And I don't know that what I said to me, I was right or wrong, but it was real. And ever since I met you and, and had your training and your guidance, like to say my life changed is like mm. the, the greatest understatement of all time. When we met, I was living in a two bedroom, 800 square foot duplex. My husband and I were sleeping on the couch because our kids had both the bedrooms and we wow. were like barely getting, literally barely getting by. I mean, you were the lifeline. I couldn't have paid for training. I didn't have the money. So even I, the, the house that I went and visited that, that came after the duplex. Wow. Totally. Okay. Completely. Mm-hmm. So I, I mean, I was living the, the free education train, which probably a lot of the listeners are too. I was like, you know, preaching at the church of free education all the time, because that, that was all I could afford is listening to all of these podcasts and reading blogs and trying to do free webinars and never actually making a purchase because I couldn't afford to do so. And having that lifeline of finding somebody who was able to give me some guidance, I just needed that little, little bit of extra guidance was a catapult for me. Mm-hmm. It changed everything. And, and making the leap of faith to come to BBD Live, which I had to leave my baby at home. And, and, and doing all of these things really pushed me outside of my comfort zone to think bigger and do bigger. And I mean, going through the masterminds with you leveled me up in a way that I don't think would have, I know would not have been possible. So I'm just so thankful for the, the path that you continue to pay for me and for everybody else. I'm an example of finding a great coach at the time when you really needed it and pulling the trigger. And, and even when I joined Inner Circle, I barely financially qualified to get in the door. And I remember it was Chelsea. I told, I was like, I just can't afford it. And she was like, you can't afford not to do this. You Mm. you have to do this. At some point, you just have to make the leap, pull the trigger and have faith that it's going to change everything. And it did. It did. (sighs) I'll say. And that's nuts. And that's a testament to Chelsea because I didn't even know she was talking to you. Like we had talked Mm -hmm. and we... So this was the first BBD Live. It wasn't even called BBD Live. It was just called the like... BBD beta workshop, like, thanks for hanging out in this beta. Come hang out with me in Laguna. And we decided, hey, the mastermind's up. We might, it's just been a year. Why don't we, why don't we invite people to apply here? And you were like one of the few that were like, Chelsea and I talked like, if we could have anyone join, it would be 
that Brit Seema girl right there. And she wouldn't talk to you. I have to tell you, it still blows my mind. Like for everybody to understand how green I was at that first, I'm going to do air quotes, like BBD experience. You brought in some badass speakers for us. Jasmine Starr came into the room. Mm -hmm. Rick Mulready was in the room. We had Rachel Luna there. And and you would announce, you're like, I have a really great treat for you guys. Jasmine Starr is here. And the room went wild. And I pulled out my smartphone. I'm like, J-A-Z, like, (laughs) I didn't know anybody. I didn't know Rick. I knew no one. Like I knew nothing about the digital online space, but having that leap of faith to like, invest my time and energy and efforts into BBD, I mean, rocked my world. It changed everything. So it's a two-way street though, right? There's something that you had to give. It's something that you had. There's something that you were willing to do. Decisions, beliefs, characteristics, you know, just character. And that's what I always get curious about. Like who is the, the Brit Siva that was able to take whatever I was blah, blah, blahing out of my mouth and take it and run with it and do unbelievable things because you would, you're just like, okay, got it. And you, you know, and that's why I say like, you're so unassuming because you'd be very quiet, right? Introvert, right? Introvert. Totally. Introvert. I think INTP. Are we, are we still on the same page with that? INTP. Uh-huh. And then, and then when you're like, you're in action mode, it's like move over. Brit is doing something, get out of her way. So what do you attribute that to? Like, what do you call that? And how do we bottle that and give that to our listeners? Uh, I think what I have is a a really strong drive to succeed. And I have always been on this quest to be my own big self-made success. And, but for years, I didn't know what that would be, what that would look like. I didn't know how to make it happen, but I, I have had this belief for a long time that I was meant to be incredible. And it's something Mm. that I'm continuing to try and like give love to and remind myself that I'm meant to be incredible. And I think that drive is something we all have almost like in our belly, like a little tiny ember and you can light it up and let it totally take over. Or I can sit there and be dormant. And I choose to light that bad boy up. Like I want to be running at full steam all the time. Um, And I have this really huge drive to make great things happen. And I'm not afraid to fail. And so, so what if I mess up? I get DMs from people all the time who are like, you know, I'm thinking about all, all these things and I'm scared I'm going to do it wrong. And when should I go? And what month is best? It doesn't, doesn't matter. Just do it and don't be afraid to mess up. But inaction is what holds so many of us back or fear of judgment mm-hmm. or worried about how we'll be perceived. I, I don't have any of that. I just, I had this belief that me and everybody else is supposed to be phenomenal. And it's just our job to find what makes us great and to double down on it. And I, I'm just down to do the dirty work. That piece doesn't scare me. A- amen to all of that. And I, I couldn't agree more. What would you say does drive you? You said, you know, you, you, you feel driven to do great things or to do things great. But is there something specifically that, that fuel, it fuels that drive for you? There is. It's so interesting that you asked. It's a little bit personal. I don't know if I've ever talked about this publicly. So when I was 17, I had a job at the Ritz-Carlton Hotel in Half Moon Bay. I was hired on as their main dining room hostess. And um, it was a great opportunity, especially for a teenager. It was incredible. And my mom came in to visit me at my, my first big job. And she came in and she was like, I am just so proud of you for landing this job because here is where you will meet your husband. He's going to come in off the golf course and sweep you off your feet and he will take great care of both of us. And I will never forget that moment. 
And I've shared that a little bit before and people are like, well, how offensive? And it wasn't offensive. It was like, F that. I will never be that woman who needs to be taken care of. I will always be able to do it for myself. I'm never going to take opportunities because I think it's going to get me somewhere. I'm just going to do what I need to do to create the life I dream possible. I can do it all. I, I have the power to do it myself. And all I have to do is release the fear and, and continue to chase my path and pursue my dreams to make it happen. Because if it's possible for me, it's possible for anybody. And it was in that moment of the assumption was, well, hopefully one day she finds someone who's able to make her dreams come true. It's like, I already found her. She's me. Mm. And I'm just going to keep supporting her on her way. So good. And do you, I'm assuming you've realized that most of your audience, that's what you do for them is allow them to be self-made. I realized that. That's, so, that's amazing. I had a, well, first of all, so much stuff comes up. Side, funny side note, uh, side story, fun fact. We'll be quizzing you on this later. But when I was 17, I wasn't a hostess at the Ritz Carlton. I was a bartender at the Surf and Sand Hotel, which was the competitor to the local Ritz. But same, you know, same type of experiences, you know, we're doing these jobs that like such an interesting contrast where like they're grueling, they kick your butt, you're constantly working really hard and everyone you're working really hard for are tend to be really wealthy people that are there on vacation. So it's, just, it's always this very interesting contrast of an experience of like, you're getting your butt kicked, working your tail off for people that are living a different type of life. So I had a similar realization for me back in the days is worth talking about that I was teaching all the YouTube stuff, you know, teaching social media hairstylists. I was teaching YouTube and I realized a big part of what my path was, was about being seen and showing up, showing up for myself, showing up in my life. And it took me years to realize this, but that that's what I was actually doing with video is why I was helping others be seen as well. And it's just so interesting, isn't it? So here you were, this 17-year-old that was given the gift of contrast by saying, that's not the path, that's not the future that I want. Contrast is such a gift. Contrast creates that clarity for what you do want. I want to be self-made. And so it, it's just so, life is so beautiful in that sense that it drives this desire for you to start your own business but ultimately the business that you end up creating is one that helps other women become self-made as well. That's now you're giving me another full circle moment. That's so true. Yeah. So is that your purpose? Is that, do you feel like you're put here to do that? I know you've been talking about the universe a few times. I'd, I'd love to know your beliefs around all of that, the context in which you are living your life and running your business. So it's interesting when people say like, where do you, where are you going with your business? Where, what do you think you'll be coaching stylists to in 10 years? I don't want any stylists listening to this to be nervous, but I don't know that I'll be coaching stylists in 10 years because to what you said, I do think my purpose is to empower others to know that they can, they can be self-made. They can be anything that they want to be and that that power already lives within them. And all they need to do is light it up. All they need to do is step into that truth. And so I've, I've found that in coaching my team, that's one of my favorite things to do. And, and when I coach and mentor wow. my own team, I don't coach them to support me in the best way possible. I want them to be their best selves. Even if that means that they leave me one day, I am just finding so much like sheer joy in empowering others to like find their greatness and, and discover 
you know, all of their secret hidden talents and to double down on them. Oh my gosh, that's, that's the biggest rush. That's what lights me up right now. And that. I'm focused on sales and saloners and that is my love. Like it's one of the loves of my life. There's no doubt. But when I look at what fires me up and why I like what I do, it is that like allowing others to believe in themselves and then chase their dreams all the way. It's so beautiful. And I'm so happy to hear that. Cause you know, we've talked so much about team building and I'm the same way. I mean, I would say I get not far more, but a ton more, more, I'll just say more fulfillment from that same role that I play to my team. Cause the impact's more direct. It's every day. And it's so right. exciting. It's so like you just did your event and you know, your team had to step up to do things they'd never done before to make that happen. Well, same with our team and our mutual friend, Mel Abraham told me afterwards, cause we didn't take any, we didn't do any, any, everything was in-house other than the AV team everything that we did for that 600 person event in-house Brit spoke at it and Mel Abraham afterwards who's done a lot of events he's like you basically by not having anybody else that you brought in just you guys you basically pulled off the impossible like you should have failed at doing that and Sarah who is our production and manager who did that event I mean she's walking away like I had no idea what I was capable of let's find out what else I can do and that gets me so excited. And so what I'm hearing kind of what's coming to me in, in your sharing is that like purpose is like, is not a destination. It's realizing what your function is and that you can apply that function in a myriad of different ways until the day you die. Oh. I love that you said that because I don't know about you, but people ask me all the time, like, how do you find your calling? How do you find your purpose? What are the five steps to find life's right. purpose? And it's like, oh man, if I could write that book, that would be incredible. But it, but it doesn't work like that. It truly is the journey and just being open to self-discovery and, and open to like going through some shit and, and, and working through some problems and, and overcoming some obstacles. And that's truly where the purpose comes in is just living your life eyes wide open and finding the opportunities as they come along. But at the same time, I feel like it's easier for someone like you to have found your purpose because as you stated earlier, and I definitely saw that in you, you didn't spend too much time dwelling in all those fears, overthinking, et cetera. And so something to offer to our listeners are like, yeah, is Britt going to share the five steps to finding your purpose? Consider that it's actually a lot easier to find your purpose or your main function or what your true north is when you're not overthinking, worrying, and in constant fear all day long. The, anal the analogy I use is it's like when it's cloudy out, people say like, oh, the sun didn't come out today. It's like, what a funny thing to say. Of course the sun came out. It comes out every day. You just can't see it, but it's there. And when those clouds part, there it was all, all along. There's the sun. And I think we have these moments and you know, you've had yours, I've had mine where you realize I'm already doing what I was put mm -hmm. here to do. That's pretty exciting. So do you have what you've labeled as, as superpowers or specific skills that, that make you great, that lock in this purpose of be self-made, inspire others to be self-made, but you're doing it through this vehicle, this medium of an online business, social media, and hairstylists. Mm -hmm. 
I, I think I'm still discovering my superpowers in a lot of ways, but going back, I mean, my first step at becoming self-made was being a hairstylist because hairstylists are self-made, can be self-made. They live or die by their business decisions. So that was my first step in self-made. And then from there, I decided I was going to be a salon owner. I, I knew it. I was like, that's the next step. I'm going to be self-made. So obviously if I'm going to graduate from, then, you know, the next step is obviously going to be salon owner. Well, I tried to open a salon twice. It didn't work out. I tried to buy out a salon twice. It didn't work out. So the universe was slamming doors in my face. So like, nope, this is not it. So then I decided what I'm going to do is become a mommy blogger because I, I saw all of these other people doing it and they seem to be making money. So maybe that's what I'm supposed to do. I have kids. No, I would be a horrible. It was awful. My mommy blog was awful. Nobody wants to read it. What was it called? <laughs> my wifey lifey. Oh my God. It was so horrible. <laughs> That's amazing. Die. It's awful. It's just awful. It's so not. Wait, why didn't that work? My wifey lifey. (laughs) From what you know about me, could you see that being a successful business? Come on. It doesn't even seem like something you would come up with. What a, what a different like worlds away, but I love it. My wife. Isn't that wild? (laughs) But I was doing those things when I, I was trying to either copycat others Mm. or I was doing what I thought I was supposed to do. It was like, I couldn't find my gifts in myself because I was so busy looking externally at, honestly, if I'm being honest, what felt easy, what felt like what was next? Oh, I could copy this person, or this is my natural progression. All the while, stylists and salon owners were asking me how I had built what I had built at the salon I was working at. How are you doing this? Mm. But to me, their questions were so ridiculous because I was like, you guys, this is so easy. (laughs) I can can tell you in one day exactly how I did this. It was so simple that I couldn't see what a great gift I had. And then it was my husband who was like, do you think maybe there's something there that these people keep asking you for advice so much so that you can't even handle the volume? And here you are running my wifey lifey. Like, what is happening here? This doesn't make any sense. And it was in that process that I decided maybe I'm going to put some of course together. I'm just going to try this membership thing mm-hmm. and see what happens. And six months later, you came into my world. Damn. So it was like, until I was able to really try some things, fail at some things and be open-minded to what my gifts were that's when I was able to double down. And, and I think for me, I continue, I'm still doing that. I am still, I'm a lifetime student for sure. I don't think I have found all my gifts yet, not even close. And I continue to just try weird stuff that I haven't seen other people doing. And I continue to do pretty well. That doesn't mean that every crazy wacky thing I try works. A lot of it fails, but I do find enough that works that it keeps me innovative and sharp and, and a step above the rest because I'm, I'm just not afraid to shake it up. I'm not afraid to be the first one to try something and to fail at it or to hopefully succeed at it. I think that's been, that's been a huge superpower. Yeah. I love this. There's so much coming up in, in everything you've shared. So thank you for, and first of all, I love that what you've discovered, I forgot to mention that before is a newfound passion and love and sense of purpose in being the leader to your team. That moves me because I found that same thing. And I try and tell all of my masterminders, every person I know, how important that is. And that just, that's, that's what takes you to a whole nother level. Oh my gosh, where do I go next? I love what you said about chasing the easy. There's such a cosmic joke about that. If you're trying to do whatever the thing is that you should do with your life, that's based on what's easiest, it's going to be really hard. That's the joke. When you find what you are meant to do, what's, what's right in front of you, the, the purpose, the calling, that function, it may be hard to find it at first, but it does really feel easy mm-hmm. because it comes easy to you. You enjoy it. 
you have fun while doing it. Now, if you have a bunch of beliefs like success doesn't come easy and you got to work hard and all that stuff, it's going to be a lot harder to find. But let's at least start with that. I just think it's so important for our listeners to hear that. If you're just chasing what, oh, she's successful doing this, I'll do that, right? That's not the reason to do something. Don't make your life force about copying somebody else. And we do, we see a lot of, what I'll just say competitors. You see a lot of that today. People that are, I don't know, like little, little Brit Sivas. And, and you were like, when you started this, was there, was there a lot of other people doing this like you? Yeah. I She's shaking her head. Yeah. In my space. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And now there's a lot. There's a lot. What you said, there are 50 more now. I mean, in four years time, everybody's mm-hmm. like, well, that was a cool idea. And not everybody's trying to do exactly what I'm trying to do, but a lot of them are doing something very, very similar. And a lot of them have even joined business by design, joined your programs. Yeah. And I refer people to your programs all the time. Yeah. What you've taught me, this is to you, is that there is no competition. It's just perceived competition. I, I know nobody can do what I do better than me. And so if somebody wants to come along and do something similar, I come on in because not everyone's going to like my voice. Or maybe I'm not the best at doing one thing, but I'm the best at doing 17 other things. So that's okay. I, I, I wish them well. I hope that they find what comes easy to them and what they should be doing versus following what I do and trying to mimic it. If all of those other, other educators can come in and see their hidden talents. Do you ever do this, James, where you look at somebody and you can see like the tree they're barking up and you're like, oh my gosh, if you could just see that what you should actually be doing is slightly to the left, you'd hit the jackpot. All the time. Do you ever see that? In the all the, all, all the, time. the time. Yeah. 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 And so if someone's trying to be like, I want to be like Brit Siva, I think that's where you think it's easy because you see her. You don't know everything, her entire life journey. And you think that's going to be easy. It's going to be a heck of a lot harder because you're not here to be like Brit Siva. Like that's what people aren't getting. And that's why I think this conversation around purpose is that you're not here to be somebody else. You're here to be you. Part of the journey is figuring out what that is. But if you're also trying to copy someone like, oh, I'm just going to copy her. Well, you're copying her six months ago and she's already 18 months ahead on to the next thing. So you're just always five steps behind. And I love, because I feel like it just makes me smile. Look, I have a story. We all, we've got our stuff, okay? And I have a story that, you know, also I, I create so much content and I use for like our mastermind, it's always like new latest content. Like I'm usually like meditating on it for days. Like what, what do our members need to hear? And I'll create presentations and messages and themes and down to little specific, here's little specific things, big picture, concepts, ideas, beliefs, whatever. And there's this, this story that's like, oh, I don't, I don't know if people are listening. <laughs> right. And it's like something I've told myself. It's like, I don't know if people are, I don't know if people heard or got what I got. I can tell when someone does and I can tell that, that you got that. And that was one thing that I was a big stickler on, not just the competition piece, but about the zigging when everyone else zags about, you're not here to just be a carbon copy, copycat. What's going to get you the results is when you're innovative, when you're doing something different, there are universal marketing principles, which that's actually gonna be an episode we're going to come out with on the universe. I think it's like, we have like 13 or 14 universal marketing principles. You know, those you can work with those, but then you put a veneer on them. They look completely different. And you're like, Whoa, what is she doing now? What is Brit's doing this now? Like what crazy. And it's like, that's part of marketing. Oh, she's doing the same thing. Everyone else does, you know? So I love that you know that. I love that you're doing that. You're operating from that place is fantastic. Yeah, go ahead. 
One of, the sh- one of the shifts I made after learning about perceived competition from you is I decided to stop following anybody who I, I do have perceived competition. I do have people that I perceive as my competitors, even though I know it's not true. They are my perceived competitors and I don't follow them. I don't look at anything that they do um, because it actually slowed me down is what I realized. Mm. I was actually playing a lame game. Like they actually took me steps backwards versus following people who are 10 steps ahead of me or seeking inspiration outside of my own competitive zone. That's when I can zig when others that zag. That's where the brilliance comes 100%. in. If I'm looking at what my competition's doing, I'm late. I'm slow. It, it does me a disservice in a huge way. Tell me how. What, what was it doing that was causing you to slow down when you're looking at quote unquote competitors? Okay, so what I would do is I would see what they were doing, and I was watching. When you watch your competitors, you watch what their latest innovation is, right? Whatever they decide is the newest, latest, and greatest. And so they would put something out, and I would do the whole thing of like, oh, that was cool. I should have done that. Or, oh, that's inter- maybe that's the next big thing. Maybe I should chase that. All they're doing is chasing rabbits too. However, I really do think I'm a gangster. I think I'm the <laughs> smartest person out there. Yeah. So I'm like, why would I follow somebody who's not as smart as me? Right. I need to find my own innovation. I truly have the belief that I can do it better. So I'm not going to slow myself down by watching somebody who doesn't got what I got. I, ju- I just had the confidence to know if I can look outside of that zone and not even worry about what they're doing, I am so much better off for it. So important. So true. And I do the same thing too, especially because I want to come up with all my own original content and yes. I don't want it to be influenced. Right. And you know, and like a lot of what's so easy today in both of our spaces is that a lot of our content just comes from our own personal experiences. Right. You know, you, you do something cool on Instagram and it works. Hey, you get that's content for your members. Hey guys, here's this cool thing I did on IG stories. It's going to get you more DMS, you know, that's fantastic. So we, we can be the source of our own content. It can be ours and it's pure. I always worry that like, if I'm reading too much or learning too much from other people that are in similar veins, that it's getting in there with mine and muddled all together. You know what I mean? And it's just like, I, want to keep it pure. So it like clouds your better judgment in the strangest, in the strangest way. It's just easier to keep it pure. I love that you use that word. So true. Yeah. Yeah. So I love that you've done a lot of unique and innovative things for your industry. I mean, as being like an industry leader, like the leader, like first to market leader, what would you say are some things that you've really done that has you carve your own path, do it your own way, your own thing, zig when others have zagged. In terms of like anything, branding, marketing strategy, tactics, any anything, what would you say are some specifics? I mean, as far as zigging when other when others zagged, I think I made the classic mistake when I entered the online space of thinking I had to be a certain way. And I can't even tell you what I thought it was supposed to be, but it was definitely a box of like how I was supposed to show up. And I wasn't showing up as myself. I wasn't using my own voice. It was like I was using the Brit Siva mask that I thought I was supposed to wear. And it wasn't until I took that off and just did me that my business exploded. So in being who I thought I was supposed to be, it, it really held me back. And when I was able to like step into my truth and continue moving forward, that's when I started making better decisions. The can, other thing can, that I started Before you move on, can you actually give some an example of that? What would have been something that in the box Brit would have done that maskless Brit wouldn't have done? So I now give what my audience calls real talk. I'm not afraid to tell you when you're being stupid. I'm not afraid to call you on your stuff if I feel like you're making excuses for yourself. Whereas before I would have been like, that's okay. We all go through that. It's mm. not okay. 
we have to push forward. I don't allow people to make excuses anymore. When you, I always, I don't know if you've ever done this, James, but I often go back and look at people's Instagrams from years prior. Like if you have the time and you can really scroll on somebody's gram, scroll on mine and look at how I used to talk. It was all very sweet. And the information I shared was definitely helpful, but it wasn't powerful and it wasn't real. And when I started getting gritty and calling people out on their crap, did my business take off? Because it's like, no, I wasn't sugarcoating anymore. I don't have time for that. You don't have time for that. Let's just get down and dirty and do the work. And that's when we really started to explode when I was just talking like I would talk you and I versus talking through whatever filter it was I thought I was supposed to use. That's when everything changed. Right. And I think the most important piece is that's authentically who you are. It's not saying, oh, just be like gritty and call people out. It's like, no, no, no. If If I'm being real... And someone's working with me. That's how that I and I see them doing something like that. I'm going to call them out. So why am I not doing that in my business, in my my messaging, in my social media? Now I hear people say it all the time: is it's like so much work to be a fake version of yourself. It's exhausting. I would show up places and be like, "Hi," and be like this robot person for eight hours. It was it would kill me. It was exhausting. And now I can just show up, and people will say, "Oh my gosh, you're exactly how I thought you would be." Mm. And it's like, okay, yeah, because this is me. I'm just being to what you said, authentic, and it. It changed everything. Well, and that's part of this whole unassuming nature too. Like that's something I love about you is like, you aren't afraid to call somebody out. Like you'll do that in the, in the mastermind is just call someone out. And it does, you know, you look like sweet little quiet, you know, Brit Siva and it's like, give her the mic and she's going to tear you a new one. So just be careful. Don't give her the mic. Don't, don't. (laughs) And I love it. That's, that's who you are. Let's go here for a second because I want to know more. Since you have mentioned the universe, I want to go deeper with that. Here's this observation of something we call the universe and noticing synchronicities or maybe some higher power at play and also a like no-nonsense, get-ish-done approach to your business. So what is your relationship with the universe? What is that role for you? Like how, what perspective do you hold about it versus, you know, in the context of business and and life? Do you understand the question? I do understand the question. And I think this is actually a really great one for everybody listening because James Wedmore likes the woo-woo if you guys haven't picked up on that somehow. And when I first met you, James, I wasn't quite so woo-woo. I've always believed in the universe. That's always my belief. And I've read The Secret and 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 I, I got it. But I, but I didn't necessarily honor it or put a lot of weight to it. It was just kind of this thing. And I don't think I've ever told you this. So we'll share this together. When I left my first mastermind retreat with you, you do know this. I didn't have a super great experience, not because of anything that you did. It was my beliefs in myself were weak. I felt like I didn't deserve to be in the room. I really Mm -hmm. questioned why you had chosen me to be there. I didn't feel intelligent enough. I just didn't feel worthy of the place and space. So after our second day of masterminding, I left early the next morning. And I was as I was leaving the hotel... There was this quarter sitting on the ground right outside the door. And I don't know why, but I looked at it and I was like, oh, that's for me. And I picked it up. And I have chills even saying this. Ever since then, I manifest quarters when I'm in alignment. And it's so funny. I'll go through months where I don't find a quarter at all. And right now, and leading up to my live event, sometimes I'll find $10 worth in a week. And it, it has become this like trigger alignment thing for me where it's like, these are gifts from the universe when I know I'm doing something right. The other gift I've been given in believing more in the universe is 
that I know everything is going to be okay. Mm. And even if something goes sideways, that's part of the plan. Not mm. every the, the believing in the universe and, and, and buying into the woo woo doesn't mean it's smooth sailing. It just means you believe in a, a greater journey and a greater purpose and that everything truly does happen for a reason. My husband broke his leg very severely about six months ago. He's still not back to work. And when he had that accident, I sat there with him and he was emotional, upset. He was so mad at himself. And I, not for a second, was I anything but grateful. I remember sitting down that moment being like, my gosh, we are just so lucky. This is such a great gift because of my belief in the universe. And in that moment, it wasn't like I was forcing it. I wasn't trying and it just happened so naturally. And it wasn't until later that I reflected back to be like, wow, you are in such a healthy mindset that you realize that because of his accident, something worse didn't happen. He didn't get into um, a severe accident in the drag race. He was supposed to participate in a week later. He was supposed to go ATVing three weeks after that. He has a job where he's dealing with active shooters every single day. I mean, anything could have happened, but because of that accident, we've had six amazing months home together. Like all of these blessings have come. And I don't think I would realize that everything truly does happen for a reason. And we're on this beautiful journey. And I don't think the alignment would happen without that belief in the universe. And and you know, there's like a, there's like a classic fable about the man whose son breaks his leg. Have you heard this story? Okay. I'm botching the whole thing, but his son breaks his leg but it's the day before, like falls off a horse, breaks his leg. And, you know, people are saying like, oh, what bad luck, et cetera. It's the day before the military comes to town recruiting all the young men for the battle. And they don't take the young man because he has a broken leg. And to me, yes, we can all laugh at James and his Wedmore woo, but to hear it through what Brit is sharing, it's as simple as this. Everything is perspective. Your perspective, the perspective you hold determines the experience of life that you will have. Spirituality or the universe or whatever is an opportunity to just have a wider lens on the perspective of life, to see something from a bigger picture that you may not even have fully in focus yet. If you're looking at life right up front, three inches from your face, my husband broke his leg, you're not going to see what someone else might see if they pulled back, be like, whoa, he could have hurt himself here. He, he could have injured himself on the job. Something else worse could have happened. We just don't know. Might as well be grateful that. I, I think that's, that's beautiful. Plays out in your business as well. It does completely. And it's something that I'm, I'm coaching my team to a lot as well is, is they'll see something go sideways. And I'm like, it's all good guys. And, and I know for them, they're like, no, it's not all good. This is crazy. But I truly believe like what, what is so bad that we can't recover from it? Nothing. Hmm. And everything has its purpose. We're learning along the way. It's all happening just as it should. And in trusting the process, I've told you this before, like, I'm freaking out that I'm not freaking out. I don't have business freakouts. My launches are not stressful. I just have full faith that we're doing this thing. And it's Mm -hmm. all going to work out exactly as it should. And oh my gosh, is it freeing? Like anybody who feels business stress or overwhelmed or like they're hitting a wall, open your mind and and just try and practice some gratitude and, and trust in the universe a bit more. And it's like you said, it's incredible how freeing it is. It's beautiful. Because you had all these moments before all this success, failed salon businesses, failed Mm -hmm. mommy blog. I just, you know, we got to restart wifey lifey, but all these other failures. And I can only imagine where you'd be today if you would have only held that perspective of, oh, this is a failure. I'm a failure. This is never going to work. And you just give up then. I'll just go work for somebody else and cut hair. I'll just go back to that hostess job or, you know, 
whatever. And it's crazy, you know? And this is why I love these conversations because for those that are actually listening closely, it's what's in between the lines. It's in the spaces that you can see and get the essence of what really makes someone successful. And these are the things you can't put in a course. Like these are the things that you have to be able to pay attention very closely to and begin to model them in other people. And you know, what do you do? You create a course is just like module one, don't freak out. Module two, you know, stop worrying, right? It's like, you're either doing that or you're not. But how do I do that? You either do it or you're not plain and simple, you know, and you're not. And we both have problems. I have problems every day in the business. Every day, yeah. It's, it's, how you, it's just how you deal with them, how you show up in the face of them. So it makes me very happy that the team has been something that has unfolded for you as a place where you get your purpose fulfilled. Talk to me more about what that journey has been like, building a team and putting all of that into place. Is that what you wanted to do? Is that what you signed up for? You're like, I'm going to sell a course and I can't wait to build a team and do like payroll and HR and taxes. That was the best thing about my course is I didn't have to do any of that stuff. I was just going to be a lady working on her own from her kitchen table. That was the vision. And I thought, man, if I could pull that off, I have made it. And oh my gosh, my life is a far cry from that now. So we have 16 employees and six contractors. So we've come a really long, complicated way in four years. But you were the one who pushed me at that very first retreat. You'll remember this. You, You put a board up and you made us all commit to something we knew we should do in our business. And mine was hire support. And then you threw this huge curveball and you're like, awesome. Everybody's going to do whatever they just committed to on the sheet by the end of the weekend. And I was like, James, <laughs> you, you really, you forced me, you forced my hand. And I, I had to go back to my hotel room and send an email, reaching out and starting to find support for myself. So in those yearly, early years, I was doing kind of the plug and play method, which I think is super common. I didn't have a ton of cash. My first employee was paid 12 bucks an hour. Uh, no job description because I didn't have one. I didn't know what she would do. Mm-hmm. And I, if I have one regret in my business, it's that I did plug and play for too long. We sprung a leak. I would plug the hole. Something went sideways. I'm going to hire somebody. And it was very reactive. I was mm. always very reactive because I was in the mindset of, I don't have the money. I cannot afford it. And the reality is you have to afford it because until you put those players into place, do you have the infrastructure to go where you want to go? And I see that now. So now four years later, I have this org chart and I have departments and people supporting me in the way that they need to. But to be totally honest, I put those people through the ringer due to my lack of organization. My lack of structure really had an impact on them. The plug and play method got old really fast. And if I had one thing I could go back in time and do, it would be to practice things like traction and rocket fuel and and put true systems into place in my business and define roles and just have people work within their roles from the start. The one thing I think I did right is I have never hired anybody experienced in the role that they work in with the exception of my web designer, which makes sense. But everybody else, I have somebody who is a has a science degree. She's a biologist. She's in my director of operations. Wow. I have a veterinary tech who's my my right hand, my executive assistant. I, I hire really good people. And yeah. that's a James Wedmore technique too. It's like if I if I hire the right people who are in love with my vision, maybe even more so than I am. I can train them to be whomever they need to be mm. and allow them to kind of find their great gifts. And, and that's been tremendous. But if I could do one thing differently, it would be put in structure before I really even needed it. It would have served me so well. Paint the picture for us more about what you mean by this plug and play method. Like, can you give a specific scenario? Like someone would, would quit 
in one role or something and then you would just hire someone? Can you go deeper with that? I'm nervous. Knock on wood. I've never had anybody quit yet. But what would happen is I would get to a point where I couldn't handle all the customer service inquiries. Anybody listening feel that way? So I'm like, okay, so obviously we need customer support because I can't do it anymore. So then I hire the customer support person. I'm still doing all the other things. And then it was like, well, you know, chasing these lost payments is too much work. So I'm going to hire somebody to do that. So then what I had was these eight people doing these random mm. projects because it would be like, oh, Jenna is the payment collection girl, but she has time and we need Instagram help. So she's also going to take over yeah. the Instagram. And it's like, so, so then she's just doing what she's doing 50 different things versus now everybody's just got what we call zones of genius. You don't leave your zone. You stay in your little, your little niche. You just do your job and it, it, that's, it's better for them. It's yeah. better for me. It's better for the team. They know who to go to for all the things. It changed everything. We, we definitely did that for a while. And I don't know if that's just like a growing pains or, you know, not knowing better. We went through that, you know, where, yeah, you have the same person who's doing your customer support as doing your social media. And it's like, well, they had more hours and they wanted, they wanted to work more. And it's, it's much more structured today. Do you feel like you've developed the, the skills of leadership? I feel like I will spend the rest of my lifetime developing (sighs) skills of leadership. There's a reason why there's 4,000 books on Amazon about leadership. How do you describe leadership? How do you, what's your definition of it? And how do you know when you're doing a halfway decent job at it? I will say I I don't like the word boss. So if anybody uh, introduces me to their spouse's boss or uses that to refer to me, I always correct them. I I think a a boss is a really poor leader. So I I never want to be perceived that way. I know know people think that they're an interchangeable term to me. They are not. I've worked for some really terrible bosses and some phenomenal leaders. And there is a difference. I think a leader is able to see beyond face value and see not just the skills that their team has, but also their weak points. And I do think that's something I'm very good at is reading between the lines of my people and seeing where they're strong and where they're weak. And then coaching to those weaknesses and trying to support them in their growth. I think another thing that makes me a great leader is kind of what we talked about earlier is I truly want what's best for my people. I don't want them to show up best for me. I want to show up best for them. It's like a very different kind of relationship. My greatest, greatest goal for 2020 is to serve them better because I know if I serve them better, they'll serve my community better. And I just want to, with the word leader, like lead them to their own personal success. And through doing it, I know my business world will all reap the benefits. But being a leader turns out is really, really hard. And I'm doing all the work on myself to to become a better version. I'm very imperfect and I'm a constant work in progress. That's be- so beautifully said. Thank you. And it is hard. It's hard, especially because we're almost like the reluctant leader, right? Because it's not what yeah. we signed up for. It's not what we said yes to when we said, I'm going to create a course or a membership. But then you start to realize what becomes possible when you're willing to be an effective leader. Because mm-hmm. I love where you're putting your time and energy in 2020, because it's like you could give all of yourself to your community or... You could give all of yourself that you, you know, the parts of you that you, that aren't for you and your family to your team. And then that team gives to the community and it's such a compounding effect because there's only so much of us that we can give to anybody else. That's how I started thinking about it. You know, do, I mean, do you love like I've noticed it when I go to BBD events? Like, you know, I love your team, but I've noticed like your team will walk around events and people will be like, "Oh my gosh, it's Jilly! Oh my gosh, it's Josh! Oh my god!" And it's like you you want that? Like that is the greatest joy is when your team is 
acknowledged for all that they've done yes. to support your vision and brand. Oh my, there's literally no better feeling. There is no better feeling when you get to a place that I don't think a lot of people do get, which is a lot of people are still, it's a lot like as a personal brand, it's a lot of ego still. And so it's a, it's about them. It's like the, whatever their name is show, you know, it's the John show, it's the Michelle show. And so they want the spotlight. They want the credit. They want all of eyes on them. And it's funny how many people resist the team and you wonder if that's part of it too, because like you just can't do even a fraction of what you've been able to accomplish by yourself. Why would you want to, right? And, and to what you just said, if, if anybody is is in this game because they want the spotlight and they want to fuel the ego, yeah. it is a losing battle yeah. and it will be the, the emptiest victory you've ever felt if yeah. that is truly what you're chasing. Absolutely. It's going to kick your butt. And there's a quote that I just had to Google so I didn't botch it. That's by Lao Tzu. And it's such a beautiful quote on leadership. It, it says, a leader is best when people barely know that he or she exists. When the leader's work is done, their aim fulfilled, the people will say, we did it ourselves. That's the mark of a great leader. I want to disappear in, in our team. You know, I want to vanish from them in that sense that I'm there to spark an idea or throw a bomb in the middle or challenge them or push them in a way and then step back and see what they do and then let them create, not try and steal their credit and say, look at what I can do. And it really took a lot of other people to do it. There's a great book, by the way, which I'll recommend to Brit on the show if she has not read it yet, called Multipliers. Have you read this book? Uh-uh. It's a fantastic book. Simple read, really basic, but the simple concept is they notice two different types of leaders on a spectrum. One is multipliers, and I think the other is like diminishers. And a multiplier is someone that when you're around this person, you feel smarter. You feel more creative. They have the ability to bring out the best in you. And the other type, the opposite, like the diminishers or whatever, there are people that are really high-functioning, intelligence, really talented. But as a result, they make everyone else dumb around them, right? And that is just the nature of this industry. If you need a team, great businesses are built by great teams. Great teams are created by great leadership. And the same type of person that wants to start a business because they want all the fame and notoriety and all that type of stuff. Ooh, we're going to get to something else in a second that, I, that we're going to love to talk about. That type of person can't, that, it just doesn't work with great leadership. The ego and the significance, the self-importance is oil and water right there. So... It makes me so happy that you know this, that you're living this. It's really is truly a joy for me. So thank you. Okay. There was a blog post by Tim Ferriss. This will probably be one of the last things we chat about that crossed my desk the other day. We, I think we're going to turn this into an episode. We still might, but we'll at least talk about it here. And it's talking about all the reasons why fame sucks. And in wow. it, Tim Ferriss lists out all these different specific scenarios that have happened to him and others. And he's in a whole nother world, right? Like he's got like millions of readers and listeners every month. But all these things about fame, the shadow side of fame. And I'm curious if like you've experienced that in some ways. Now, I won't get into all of them here, 
But, you know, things like feeling like you can't even get away, like you're in public and, oh my gosh, are people watching me right now? Like I have people that'll like send a DM and they're like, I saw you walking down the street in Laguna. I'm like, I hope I wasn't picking my nose or something. Jeez, right? And you just feel like you can never escape it. Getting more known by people. I mean, you're like a mega celebrity in a little micro niche in a sense. Has that had an impact on your life, your lifestyle, your happiness? Yes. And I am very, very grateful for everything that's in my life. So I'm just learning to manage it and, and stay grateful for it. But I live in a really tiny coastal town too. And people will come to town and tag me in at local restaurants and be like, hope I run into Brit Siva here. And in my mind, I'm like, oh my gosh, I hope I don't. Like, <laughs> I hope not. I'm just trying yeah. to have a Sunday with my family. Yeah. That or um, I've gone to the airport a few times and been trying to sit. You know how it is. My airport time is like my me time. And I'll yes. sit there and I'll, I'm trying to work or captions. And someone's like, I've got her for 90 minutes. This is great. And it's like an impromptu coaching session there near there in the airport. I've had that for sure. Yeah. And on a more personal note, it's been a little bit of a trip for my family, for sure. Because, you know, when I'm at home, I'm literally just like the mom, the wife, the daughter, the friend. I am just, I'm Brittany. I'm right. a totally different person in my personal life. And then there's this other side. And so I think that, and trying to get my husband and my kids to see that there's this other side, it's this interesting push-pull dynamic yeah. because it really is two different lives. It's like you, you step behind your doors and you're just a regular old person and you walk out and it's a different world. It's kind of a mental trip that it's very difficult to prepare for. It's so funny because I, I describe myself the same way. I'm like two people when I'm, when I'm yeah. home, like, yeah, I'm just in board shorts and t-shirt. I'm just like yep. going to the beach and laid back and whatnot versus when you get on your influencer costume <laughs> you know so yeah 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 we keep those in the other closet the influencer costume right like right there's like 10 of them the same outfit it's like yeah, yeah it's my it's my right. superhero outfit yeah that's always good to know and I, I think it's always great to talk about those the other side of of things as we grow those are challenges that we don't always expect and there i never wanted fame i never wanted attention you know, like that. It's like, it's one of those things where it's like, well, if you're going to create a personal brand, the more people that know you, the more customers you're most likely going to have. So kind of comes with this, this territory. So, Hey, listen, I want to be mindful of your time. So we want to begin to wrap it up, but this has been fantastic. Just taking the time to chat with me, Britt and chat with our listeners. And, uh, I'm hoping in four years from now, when you've had some other massive milestone leap in quantum growth, that you'll be willing to come back on to the podcast, make some time for us and share what else you've been able to accomplish. But before we wrap it up, I'm curious if there's any other like advice or words of wisdom that you would have for a listener that was you four years ago when we met that maybe was about ready to ditch that mommy blog and start that purpose-filled business. What type of advice do you have for, for that person? I think I would, I would remind that person that I say this and I, and I mean it in the most sincerest form. Like if I, if I can build this beautiful multi seven figure business for myself, truly anybody can do it. I didn't read the guidebook. I surrounded myself with really brilliant mentors like James and, and that was one of my superpowers for sure. But if I can do it, truly anybody can. And a lot of it was making some big, scary leaps, um, leaving my nine to five when I was barely ready to do it. 
um, learning to have really excellent communication with my husband because even though he's not a part of my business, he is my business partner by default and, and learning to communicate really well together because balancing business and life is tricky. Um, that's been a huge thing that's helped us to navigate as well. And at some point, you just have to fearlessly leap knowing that you might fall on your face and then have the have that drive to pick yourself back up, brush yourself off and start over and to not give up. I truly sincerely believe everybody is here to achieve great things. And our job in this lifetime is to uncover our greatness. So, so long as all of us continue to, to chase that greatness, we'll find our biggest, best lives. I love it. And where can people connect with you next? I know you, you have a podcast. I do a podcast. So the Thriving Stylist Podcast. Um, we don't just talk about stylist stuff. So you might find some gems in there too. And then I'm at Britt Siva on Instagram, Facebook, and BrittSiva.com. Awesome. And we'll link that all up in the show notes for you guys. Please reach out to Britt and let her know what specifically she shared in this episode that's had the greatest impact in your life in just experiencing this episode. Britt, thank you again so much for making the time. So happy. So happy. This was a blast. Anytime. Thank you for the invitation. I sincerely appreciate it. And thank you for everything that you've done for my life. I'm forever grateful. Oh, stop it. But you're very welcome. <laughs> and thank you for tuning in all the way to the end. That's always a good thing when you've made it to the end of these episodes. That means you liked what we shared. And if you haven't left a review for it, you can go ahead and do that. jameswilmer.com forward slash... I don't even know the URL. We'll put it in the Perfect. show notes. <laughs> Follow Brit for better podcasting practices than, than mine. Like, I'll see you guys there. I don't know. It's jameswilmer.com forward slash something reviews, iTunes. But uh, so many of you guys have left reviews and we're so grateful for that. So you probably already have. And thank you. We will see you on the next episode here on the Mind Your Business Podcast. Take care. Did you know eight out of 10 businesses fail within their very first 18 months? I believe being an entrepreneur means unlearning everything that we've been taught our entire lives about what it really means to be successful, which is why I've created a brand new audio program entitled Activate. I want to show you how to think, act, and behave like the successful entrepreneur that you were meant to be so you can step into the vision that you have for your life and your business. And the best part is this program is yours absolutely free. To register right now, simply visit www.jameswedmore.com forward slash activate and we can get started right now.